I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is a special episode of Strange Assembly. It consists entirely of interviews conducted at Gen Con 2010. The first interview is with Nicolas Bonjou, AEG's French representative and the public face of the current mega game. After that are two segments of an interview with three members of the story team, Fred Wan, Lucas Twyman, and Rusty Prisk. Hope you enjoy. This is Chris Stevenson here with a Strange Assembly interview from Gen Con 2010. Also with me is Trevor Valentine. Hi. And we're here today to talk to Nicolas Bonjou, who is the head of the Empire's Glory Mega Game and also basically in charge of AEG in, in Europe to the extent in that France, it is. yeah. Hey guys. Hey. Well, I was talking to you, you earlier today and I said I thought that outside of Europe, before the Mega Game, you were a, a relatively invisible AG person. And to the U.S. Like, forums, yeah. I mean, yeah. To the U.S. crowd, that's true. Yeah, but uh, I think you said you've actually been working at AEG since Diamond Edition, so that's yeah. seven years now? That's now seven years. I mean, <clears throat> L5R start, started being translated in French, in gold, uh, but it was done independently, and uh, with Diamond, it, it went back into the fold, and I was brought over uh, at the time, and I've been working with the company ever since. So, for the the U.S. audience, which I'm guessing a lot of it is because this is in English, mostly, yeah. uh, <laughs> could you tell them about what what sort of things you do for AEG? Well, basically, it is uh, running all things AEG on the uh, French side mostly, so this includes customer service, marketing, events, uh, and translation, coordinating the translations for all the products that AG um, produces by itself um, in, in French. So uh, wh when we do have translations done by independent uh, contractors, I do overview that as well and review it to make sure that we have consistency between the products. So uh, we have, I guess, a huge glossary of terms translated, so we actually follow that, um, especially over the, the RPG, obviously, because the vo vocabulary is very, very precise. So uh, when we go over um, supplements and new extent new expansions uh, for the uh, RPG or the CCG, you want to have the same terms and the same way of phrasing the cards uh, be consistent. So this is pretty much the extent of my everyday uh, job in France. Okay, now of course these days you're most well known probably for basically running the uh, the current mega game, or at least it, it seems like you're running the current mega game. Yeah, I'm, I'm being the that? face of it. I took part in uh, con conceiving it, and yeah, I do run the everyday um, portion of it, which is basically making sure that the uh, events report in time, uh, crafting the actual uh, honor events, 
the options we give you guys uh, as a community to interact between each other and uh, help your clan, the Empire or Jigoku, uh, uh, during this mega game. Uh, is there anything you could tell us? Uh, I mean, it's interesting. That it's not confidential about how the mega game was designed because I know I mean after the first mega game ended there was like well, okay well we, there were a lot of good things about this there were some things we didn't like we'll learn yeah. from that and that was the whole map system too which everyone seems to love running around like monkeys with yeah I mean the, the this mega game was obviously with a story uh, it was set up as more cooperative that competitive the first one was pretty much more competitive because there was the end goal was getting somebody on the throne. This one is pretty much more about surviving as a group and trying to gain an advantage out of that um, while surviving. So the first portion, which was the map game, was definitely set up as trying to work together because when, when you are uh, alone, basically, and the the story of Rokugan shows that when you're on your own, unless you are the biggest force, you get pretty badly beaten. And right now, the bigger force is obviously everything that comes out of the Shadowlands and out of the Yubenjin territories. So it was clans working together to try and and survive, push back the invade the invasion. And um, so, so yeah, so the first part was um, very cooperative, and I think the um, players caught up on that immediately, setting up threads and organizing themselves through the forums to, to try to be as efficient as possible within, within the constraints that were uh, posed by the system itself as far as resources and all that goes. Now, some of the, the the system constraints that were set up in there, at least as I kind of looked at it, was something of a very complicated prisoner's dilemma where an individual clan could, you know, possibly just go off on their own, ignore small threats, only spend their resources on, on large ones. And so there were certainly threads where clans were cooperating, but there were also a decent number of threads where, you know, clans got pretty irritated at, e at each other. I mean, did you... Was that, did you expect to see that sort of the, rancor? I don't think it was rancor. You know, I mean, I, I do think it was people. All things considered, uh, it actually went pretty well between the communities. I mean, the sometimes you you really see people get mad at each other, and, and that was not the case. Most, pretty much every time, people were trying to work things out. And uh, it was definitely a possibility that a clan or a group of clans would work together on their own, trying to achieve their own set of goals, either um, created by the system or artificial, artificially created by themselves to try to achieve stuff. But, I mean, in the end, after three months of Kodai Seasons, uh, the map game only got one point of glory unresolved and 30 points of honor. So that's very, very few 
if you consider everything. So, yeah, it it it, it was a a, calcu a calcu calculated risk. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. Now you you mentioned the map being for the first part of the mega game. I think at some point the announcement said that after having votes every week, it was going to go to so votes every again. month or yeah. something. Is that? Well, we haven't seen that. Is that going it, to be part of, or is, is the map game just done? It is possible that it comes back, but with the rhythm that we put through the Kodai season, it actually worked better than we hoped for. So we might also stop there because, you know, the attention span, I guess, of people nowadays is pretty limited. So you just enjoy what you do and and, and you try, you, you tend to move on. So uh, people want something different, I guess, for the non-Kodai season. So we're, we're just going to roll with whatever people want most, basically. So, so we can make them come back or not. It's, it's still up in the air, I guess. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier about people can help the clan or the empire or Jigoku. And uh, there's been some, I guess, complaints about people saying that there's this competition set up for the spider between do they become a clan, do they disband but that there really doesn't seem to be that much competition with the, you know, the spider points to the Empire, I think, are almost four times as much as the spider points to, to Jigoku. But I know Sean has also said, oh, you know, it's not decided yet, it's still up in the air. Is there, is there, any, is there a, any sort of twist coming in that competition, or is it just, you know, the hope that Ornitov can win a lot? Well, I, I'm not sure Ornitov is alone in his quest to make things interesting. So, so we we are basically uh, keeping things open. The, the story can go either way, and, and Sean definitely agrees with that. So, uh, if it boils down to um, the spider becoming, uh, well, gi giving more to the Empire than Jigoku, so be it. And if it's the other way around. So be it as well, you know. It's 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 just another uh, story option yeah, that, that 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 they get. It's their choice. Yeah, it's their choice, and um, there are still a lot of points to be awarded. So, uh, like for for Gen Con, if you win the main event, it's sixteen points. So uh, that that's. That would put, I think, Jigoku to 34, doubling their points. So yeah, that, still, that, still, still but that's one event out of the 40-something, I guess, that are gonna, going to be run till the end of the year. So it's still possible. N nothing is said and done, either for, for the Spider as far as their own comp competition goes, or for each and every clan in whatever they want to achieve. Yeah. Well, and I we, guess the, the second half seems like it would have less. more variability for Jigoku because all oh, there's part of the lead that was built up in the first half is from the map game where the clan as a whole just basically yeah, got right to right after all the honor points. Vote yeah, vote after the well they got to vote the points to the Empire every time whereas I, there doesn't seem they, like there's they anything. decided they wanted to do that. Yeah, where but I mean that and that kind of that's part of what sort of overwhelmed Jigoku in the first half, but in the second half it's it, more it comes down to each individual 
performance. Now, right now, if, if I'm not mistaken, we're still in a position where the Empire is in a pretty good shape in the honor category against the Plague, but is pretty thoroughly failing in glory. Did you have any expectation for for how the players would would give their points and whether or not they would end up in that sort sort of situation? I mean, did you do you think it was did you think it was likely that the Empire was going to end up failing in glory? It's hard to predict uh, each and every uh, community's um, decisions, whether or not they're made public, because we know that some clans have secret forums yeah. from the first race. So, I mean, what, what you might see on the public face of the forum is only, is only a percentage or only what certain clans want you to see. So... Uh, you know, I mean, we have scenarios for each and every option, I guess, uh, as far as the Empire goes. And um, as I said, it's it's about keeping stuff open for the people that do play L5R and that do participate in, in this mega game to affect the story to the uh, most they can and and just crafting that story with within what they would like to see so if the empire fails okay the empire fails and and it's going to be a plagued empire overrun by destroyers okay well trevor wants that yeah i know trevor has been uh, a pretty big fan and, and supporter of the let them just roll over and, and, and do something. That, that's what I liked, because you, 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 know, you have the choice, the Empire or your clan, and the Empire can go to hell, so... Yeah, I mean, some, some clans, obviously some clans, uh, by their setup in, you know, in the setting, and, and what people have demonstrated over the years, are in a uh, bigger, um, the Empire above all else yeah, the line Men- mentality. Well, the lion were like that, and then, I mean, in the story, at some point, it was uh, Ujiaki went like, no, let's... I mean, Ujiaki was, hey, yeah, the emperor above all else, and the emperor above all else. Yeah, the emperor is fooling now. He's like, I don't care, <laughs> the emperor above all else, and Sanuri went... Yeah, you're kind of old school and too much old school for me. So I'm gonna go right now with the lion for my before all else, and then we'll we'll straighten things out. So, so yeah, it, it does not mean. I mean, history is not bound to repeat itself. I guess so. Uh, some clans might want to just change things, and uh, I mean, the phoenix has been pretty much uh, doing working for their own, I guess. We probably would have been surprised if Manis, no offense, uh, would have gone all the way f- for the Empire. That's so, uh, so, yeah, so, so there are some trends, but they don't mean too much, I guess. Yeah. Well, I also think, especially for Trevor, I mean, I know you said the choice between you know, the Empire and the Manis choose the Manis, but it, a large part of yours just seems to be I want something different to happen. Because yeah, when, yeah. when, you, when you look at the results, I mean, costly victory 
you defeat the foe, but it, it hurts you in the process. It's kind of the default. Well, you can't result. destroy the points. You have to do something with them. So, <laughs> so I'll give them to Jay. <laughs> There's no trash bag. Well, you can. I mean, y- you can do that if you win an event and there is the option to give points to someone else. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's what yeah. he, he did. He won a Cote and he's yeah. like, well, I don't want to give these to the Empire. We don't need them. Jay wants them, and Phoenix is one of the options, so I'll give him to Phoenix. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that that's also part of the game. I mean, you you still yeah. affect the story, and, and uh, people will see that as the events go, some of them obviously have... Um, special rules with themselves like jewel events are basically each jewel event the winner can give to one specific clan uh, so amethyst uh, was manis because the, the the current amethyst champion is a manis yeah. so you know you, you just have that option out there so if you do well you can give eight points which is still a decent chunk that's like two quotas to a clan that may or may not need it. Yeah. <laughs> so you you can I mean some people might go and say, hey, well with eight points that put them in this category, so they become a threat to the other, and we can just start pointing fingers. Okay. <laughs> if if someone wants to do that, it's their choice. Yeah. Well, it's their points. I know there's been a decent amount of. I don't know, umbrage taken at the fact that, oh, the, the Dragon are actually in solid victory, and how dare they continue to win tournaments and sometimes keep the points. So, but you, you mentioned earlier that you were involved in, in sort of planning this this mega game. Is there anything, I mean, can you tell us anything about what was done differently in this mega game from the last one to address what you saw as, as weaknesses in the first mega game? I was not as actively involved uh, in the first mega game, so I will not be able to comment truthfully on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for talking to us today. And no I guess problem. we all get to go chat at the L5 Archives Q&A now. Yeah, <laughs> sure. We'll do that. Okay. Uh, this is Chris Stevenson with Trevor Valentine and Nicola Bonjou signing off. Thank you, guys. You're listening to a special edition of Strange Assembly from Gen Con. This is Chris Stevenson. With me is Trevor Valentine. Hey. And three members of the story team. Fred Wan. Hi there. Lucas Twyman. Hi. And Rusty Prisky. And I killed your name, didn't I? It's Rusty Prisky? Prisk? Yes, it, Rusty Prisk. <laughs> Rusty that's Prisky. Rusty Prisky. Okay, I've dealt with that for my entire life. Hey, Rusty Prisky. Uh, Fred mispronounced my name today, so that's, yes. you know, it's okay. Uh, well, it's okay. Unfortunately, you have all already missed the entertaining stories of Lucas being very, very drunk. But uh, we can tell him again. <laughs> it's not the same the second time. No, see, we'd all be bored. That's too bad. I thought I was more entertaining than that. I, I, no, I can go all night, honestly. But then you wake up in a creek. And then I wake up in a creek. Yeah, that's a <laughs> not a creek. A creek. It's it's better with with creek. He's from Kentucky. It's a creek. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So.
first we'll just start off by having each of you talk about what role you have on the story team and how long you've been on the story team and what's that like generally. Oh, sorry, me? All right. Um, I'm one of the writers, obviously. Uh, I've been on the team for... I have no idea. How long? Five years? I think five years. That, that feels about right, yeah. Um, and what do I do on the team? Well, I mean, we all do collective stuff. We all we have meetings and we discuss stuff together. But what I specifically do is I write, and I just write, and I just write. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's all. I mean, uh, I write stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people like it, sometimes they don't like it. If they like it, they're smart. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but that's, that's it. Uh, I'm Lucas. I like long walks on the beach. Um, I joined the story team Gen Con 2008, and I'm the lazy one. Uh, I write, but I write way less than Rusty. (laughs) (laughs) It's not untrue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, we... uh, As members of the story team, we we, uh, help Sean plot out the story... Uh, we all take cards and do flavor text. Um, so, if you like flavor text in a set, odds are it's one one in five chance it's me. I'd say it's higher, but <laughs> I'm in story team company. You, you don't see me covering my hand, my my mouth with my hands like I'm whispering to you out there. But that's what I'm doing. If you um, don't like the flavor text, because he isn't here. We're going to say it was Brian. It was Brian Yoon. <laughs> Brian Yoon. All the flavor text that you hate is Brian Yoon's fault. <laughs> Every bad idea in the story, not that I acknowledge there has been any. No, no. But it's... if there is, it's Brian. And this is why we have the shovels. We do. Um, All right. So my name's Fred Wan. I am the assistant story lead. So what that means is I, like Lucas said, we all do some of the plotting. I, I do a bit more of that. Um, I work with the authors to revise the fictions before they go up. That, that's usually a mix of basic editorial work and sometimes tweaking things for client flow or tone or overall meta plot needs. Um, I also work with the design team as, and this is the continuity editor side of the job, which is probably the most misleading term in terms of job terms in L5R, and I just use terms three times in a row. Um, where essentially that's to make sure to the extent possible the story of the game is reflected in the cards. Um, Like everyone else, I also work on flavor text. I also change or revise it as needed. So in terms of just raw flavor text, I typically do something like a quarter to maybe 30% of the flavor text after all the revisions are done. Um, As an example, all of the Imperial Gift 3 names and flavor text I did. So that's me. We hate him. Oh, yeah. We don't. But it's, he's the editor, so therefore it's my job as a writer to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> because my job is to crush his dreams. That's right. Yes, you, do you, would you keep trying to bring rattlings back into the story? I do not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that, like, honestly, the rat, sometimes people are like, oh, you did another rattling story. And it's like, it's because somebody picked it for a story prize and they're always going to assign that story to me. I'm going to do that story. And it just so happens there's a rattling in the new set. I'm just saying. So people can start picking that for story prizes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, no. uh, 
So five years ago, if you look at the time when I joined the team, I joined the team right before they removed Rattling as a faction. And my very first meeting, we we on an IRC meeting, I hadn't even been announced that I was on the team yet. We meeting and Sean goes, Oh, I think I've got something to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your faction's out. It's like, oh that's great. Now you guys have talked about meetings and collaboration and, and what Fred does in relation to the others. What's what, what sort of processes do you guys go through when you're writing a, a fiction? I mean, who decides what the fiction is going to be about? How far in advance is that decided? That sort of thing. Dartboard. Depends on the fiction. In general, the direction of the story is Sean's. Uh, Sean and I typically work together to work out the major areas of we want this to happen this way with these clans focused and so on. I typically advise Sean on that, but I, I'd say it's fair to say the overall direction is Sean's decision to make. And week to week, uh, there's a schedule, and, yeah. and Sean will say, with input, but Sean will say, okay, this week we need a story covering X, right? Yeah. Um, but then the details of it are often left, and unless, unless there's something that needs to be, yeah. uh, the details are wide open. So it'll be like, we need a story about this. But then we as writers get to just write what we need to, to make a good story. Yeah, it's, it's usually, well, we'll have a, like, sometimes even like a really cryptic one sentence. This is what, we're going to write a story about a war. And then we'll discuss it in meetings and then... We'll sit down and write it. I'll That's tell you, like, the whole process. Like, what, 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 this, this is probably going up after Saturday, right? Yeah. Okay, because I'll tell you about the story Saturday. I won't tell you what happens, but my assignment was to write a story that included some of the jewel champions that haven't been in the previous fiction that, that Sean had written. And But that was it. So what that could be, that could be like anything, you know. Um, so that happens to be Saturday. Yeah. But, uh, but really, it's, it's any. And a lot of times, it'll be, all right, Tournament result. This tournament result happened. Resolve it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure why you went with the pool party direction. <laughs> fiction, Rusty. Like <laughs> uh, some of the more structured ones, there might be something like Sean will have his broad idea, and I'll have an idea of we need certain things accomplished to move clan positioning forward. So, would it be possible for you to try to do it this way, right. or to? or to portray this aspect of the clan. Um, the best example, at least the one that's most vivid in my mind, still goes back to last year in the Yasuki War, or the year before, like maybe even a year before that, because one of the things we wanted to show how was, was that it's entirely possible to be honorable without necessarily being nice or without necessarily being completely upfront about your intentions. And so the flowers of snow was cast a certain way as a result. And that entire arc of, I think it was, Family Troubles, The Flowers of Snow Sacrifices. And it was in that order, right? Sorry. Uh, where that, that arc was one where I was more heavily involved than usual, just working out how we wanted to say certain things, important scenes that we wanted to have. And it was, I think it was very much collaborative, where it was like, okay, this is why I'd like you to do it this way. How you, how you get there... Also, sometimes it's heavily you and Nancy, right? The, 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 the flowers of snow was uh, was Nancy and myself, but I think sacrifices was, was rusty. I mean, you oh, yeah. you plotted it, and I wrote it. That's, and that, but but also sometimes you'll see uh, multi part stories mm-hmm. yeah. with multiple writers. So obviously those have got to be 
worked out a little more closely before, yeah. you know. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, you write part two. And I'm like, I'll make up something that has nothing to do with part one. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, in part one, Hida Jimbo arm wrestles two men at the same time and wins. And part two, Hida Jimbo has difficulty lifting his Tetsubo, not because of arm strain, but because he's a wimp. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes, like, I recall a particular story where Brian was writing part one and I was writing part two. <laughs> And so Brian sent me his early so I could see what it was. But my assignment was kill at least three people. <laughs> you know? I was like, all right, let's go. This one, this one, this one. Let's go. No, that's not normal. But well, now that does raise the question, what exactly do clan player bases have to do to piss you off enough to kill off their favorite characters? Honestly, that does never happen. Like, I, well, I, know, I know you're saying it as, as a joke, but the reality is every death that I write personally, is because the story needs it, Yes. right? Um, the reality is, L5R goes through characters. I mean, it's it's a game that there's every, every couple months, every few months, we get a new set, and we get a new batch of characters, and we kill characters. That's what we do, and we do it for dramatic purposes. And it, it, that's, that's the kind of story that we're telling, that, too, that's right? That's right. A samurai lives three feet from his death, yeah. and... You can't have tragedy if someone doesn't have something bad happen to him or her that he or she does not necessarily deserve to have happen. And then you'll have, you'll have people that say, oh, you killed my favorite character. And it's like, well, I'm sorry for that. But if you didn't care about the character, it wouldn't have meant anything. No. You know, we can just make people up in the story and kill them at the end of the story. Well, who will care? You know, it's got to be something you The care balance about. is always, we don't go out of our way to kill characters because slaughter loses impact. Yeah. So it's, it's very much... Like, ultimately, kill decisions have to go through Sean and myself, and you can't really anger me enough to make me sacrifice story or, or impose on the team, kill this guy because, you know, this idiot on the forums was flaming. Uh, you, know, you know, you just can't... It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to make that sacrifice yeah. because it's, it's not fair to the team and it's not fair to the players. And, I mean, we'll be the same. There'll be, there'll be times where I'm like, I, I have to kill this person, and... Yeah, that really sucks. Like, cause yeah. <laughs> you know, I you know, well, quite frankly, uh, I eliminated most of the rally yeah. population yeah. from the story. And, yeah, you know, and I had people who didn't know me or know my background go, oh, you know, you did this, and how, I, you hate how, them you so much. Hate the rally so yeah. much, and it's like, no, yeah. I mean, you got to do. Uh, you know, sometimes Nancy gets heat from the crane, the crane base, right? Yeah, yeah. because she's really hard on the crane. She's hard on the crane because she really likes them, and she yeah. says. And I agree with her. It's more interesting yes. to have challenges, you know? To have everything, if your clan is like, oh, everything's wonderful and we win again, well, that's boring. That's not interesting stories, so. though. Yeah, yeah it, it, the, the whole weird tally, I think people, I, I, I kind of tune out a lot of the, the, the different story forms. I, I'll read them for, especially for specific fiction feedback. Yeah. I always read all the fiction feedbacks for any fiction that I read. I even, like, seek out weird boards I'll type, type, well, it's partially my own narcissism, right? I'm typing my own name in Google and seeing, <laughs> yeah. seeing what I find. They laugh because they know how narcissistic I am. But, um... We laugh because we do it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I follow most of the forums just to see what the players think. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a weird, there's a weird level of talent, like, like, X not, there, there's a thread that's like, oh, our clans have more people die than someone else's clan. Why is our clan sucking so much in this story? And that that's not really what you should be yeah. looking for. Like, if your guy dies in a fight, that doesn't mean that, you know, 
we think that your clan is a bunch of losers. Yeah. Meanwhile, the next three. It's way over. easier for me to just write a bad story about your clan to show that your clan's a bunch of losers. The next thread right. over will be people complaining that they don't get enough story time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, the more stories you get, more you the die. more people are going to get killed. That's just, you know, um, the nature of the Another difficulty, and, and this is just kind of stream of consciousness segueing over to something else, um, is on certain story arcs, people will say, well, I want the next part now. Which is great, because I, I like that you are wanting more, but some of the arcs are meant to be done at a certain pace because doing them quickly gives the impression that they happen quickly in the Empire. And the example of that that I go back to is Jimen and Noritoshi. You don't wage a political war against the Emerald Champion. In a couple weeks. It just doesn't happen. (laughs) So part of it is intentionally lengthening it a little to reflect the fact that this is not something that is, you know, a year-long rivalry for, for Noritoshi and G-Men. It's more than that for both of them. But that means it takes longer real-time because... We kind of pace things. Yeah. Like in, in real world, the same the same yeah, pace right. in Rokugan, believe it or not. Like, our timeline kind of matches up. Not not exactly. Like, when a fiction yeah. comes out, it may not be exactly equivalent yeah. to, to what day it is in real life, but... But it, it's pretty similar. If you usually will have winter fictions appear yeah. in the winter, stuff like that, so... And it's difficult at times to... Like, because I, I do respond to the fact that, yeah, people want to read more of it and, and quicker, but there is something that is more pronounced about having a fiction appear or not appear, or a character appear or not appear, than us saying... For instance, a death on screen in player perception is more important than 10 off screen. So, looking at say Crab Crane again, which is just an example where it came up, the crab repeatedly within the fictions have characters talking about how the crab are winning the military front of the Crab Crane War. But the main battle that occurs on screen is per- was perceived very widely as an absolute crane victory, which I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but it was perceived that way. And so the crab players responded quite negatively to it because they were saying, well, we didn't get a military win on screen. Which actually might be, you know, uh, thinking about it in retrospect, I think if, if there'd been if I'd put my mind to it, I would have maybe done one more fiction where that had happened. And part of that is just there is a, an impact of having things on screen and read by players that necessitates certain arcs going longer in real time, and that's like Naruto Shijima. That's kind of one of the funny things. One of the challenges we have is that normally when you're writing fiction, when you're writing whether even if it's a novel or anything that has any length of time, like even think TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to tell people what's going to happen in a month yeah. or, you know, four chapters later. Yeah. But what we do, a lot of times, big major decisions are dictated by a tournament. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there going, wait, you see this? And it's like, they, they already know. They, you know, it's like, well, who's going to win this fight? Well, we know, because it's the guy who won Gen Con last year, yeah. right? So we have to make it interesting anyway. And that's, accidentally, that's what happened with uh, yeah. Paneki, because yeah. the whole reveal of Paneki the zombie was, going, was going to be in Lucas's fiction. Yeah. That was going to be the reveal. Okay. Instead, for whatever, it got leaked, and, and people saw the card. And But you were saying you think it... it it, 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 might, it, might, it, might have, it might have helped it a little bit. I, uh, I went back and I revised the fiction and I, I emphasized a few different uh, 
plot points, which kind of made it almost more tense, because it's kind of like, I, I went pacing-wise from, from like a sudden shock at the end, like a sudden twist ending, to pacing it much more like, uh, uh, I guess like a, not quite a slasher film, but, but uh, a movie where you know that in the end, the monster's going to appear. Like if you if you're paying if you're paying it's like to see an act one of a horror movie yeah if, yeah if you yeah if you're gonna pay to see a horror movie you they usually don't show the monster till the second reel because the the whole first reel is building up that tension so it, it let me actually do that a little bit more because if you're gonna buy like a ticket to I don't know like a zombie movie called Zombie Death then you expect to see some zombies in the movie right. <laughs> So you're going to be sitting there waiting and, and yeah. watching, and you can play with that a little bit. Just anticipation of when it's all going to go wrong. Right. Yeah. You can try to throw in... I, I tr- got to throw in a few more lines that had some more ultimate resonance because I was I was definitely foreshadowing things. Um, and, and Lucas and I talked briefly about that after the first draft came in because he'd already made those changes and I just kind of repeated some of his thoughts. We won't, it's sad. we won't repeat the words that Lucas started with when he yeah. got leaked. It's very sad that it happened that way. But at the same time, once we knew that there was uh, a leak out there, you can't tell the same story on the shock ending at all. It won't work because the shock ending's not there anymore. So you instead do one about, you know, impending doom or tragedy or, or someone who is running out of time, even if he doesn't know it yet. Or yeah. he does, but he doesn't know that it's going to be as bad as it was. Yeah. And, and you get, and that's a very strong, tragic story as a result, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, we salvaged it by transforming it. I think. But also, the, the reality is, as a writer, as writers, we have a couple main jobs. I mean, as writers, not as story team, because that's a bigger thing. But as writers, our job is to impart information and to entertain, right? Well, the reality is from story to story, the shift in that moves from side to side depending what we have to do. Well, Lucas's story used to be about imparting information in an entertaining way. Instead, it was like, well, they know. So entertainment, full on, let's make this the best story. And he did uh, because it it was an excellent story. And And it furthers an impression of how Scorpion life is. Which, which is important for overall uh, positioning and so on. And, and one of the things that I think many members of the team probably grapple with, but no one will voice. Um, <laughs> Until is, now! Well, <laughs> and, and it's because it doesn't, gra- it doesn't affect any single member that heavily, is that subtlety, when it's done yeah, right, yeah. is subtle. So sometimes people are going to like not get it. And they'll say, well, why didn't you portray my clan having this aspect? And my response will be, well, did you read this, 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 and this fiction? And they'll be like, yes. Well, what about here, 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 and here? Well, why don't you portray it more strongly? You know, At I, which point I'm like, yeah, but then, A, some of these points can't be hammered. Like, if, if a clan has a talent for subtlety, you can't necessarily portray the talent for subtle, subtlety blatantly. And uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something that, that I've told some friends about that. But not really publicly. Uh, before, like I said, five years I've been with Alfred. Mm-hmm. But before, like four or five years before that, I wrote for Warlord, which was AG's former game. And um, after a while, 
I got tired of the fact that no one seemed to understand certain things that I was putting in the story. And I'm not saying that's their fault. You know, maybe I wasn't getting it across. I would write a story and they would talk about the surface stuff and never talk about what I thought was the underlying blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's not working. So after a while, I said, all right, it's baseball that time. If I want to tell you what I want to tell you, I'm just going to say, here it is. Bam, 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 bam. So I did that. And the first comments back on that story were, I really like the subtlety. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> my take on being subtle now is I'm generally not. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I want you to know something in a story, I will just tell you. And chances are, if you, if you say, I'm not really sure because you didn't really say, well, that's because I'm, I didn't want you to know. Which is also, that's some, I mean, there is sometimes things you'll go back and go, wait, that makes sense now. But the point is you weren't meant to understand it then. Well, and that's, I guess that, that actually reminds me of something. I, I, is there anything out there that plot points that were supposed to be conveyed that weren't? Because when you talk about subtlety, one of the things that comes to my mind is that there was the whole alliance sort of between the mantis and the spider, and it basically got dissolved and resolved in a couple of flavor texts, and I think no one noticed. And then months later, somebody posted about it, oh, what's going to happen with that? And I think Sean was like, oh, well, that we, 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 we did that, that's yeah. done. Yeah. And it was sort of like, what, really? Um, there was at least one reference, I think, in a, in a story prize to a crane spy network being developed as, as a story prize. And we resolved it, I believe, through having Naharu bring his existing connections from his previous career and integrate them into the crane um, because he became a member of the crane as, as one of the Shogun's advisors. And I got a comment later on by, by the player who won the prize saying he didn't feel it was overt enough and significant enough, which, which I, I am sympathetic to those, but at the same time, there's only so much we can push any single story prize. The, the real, the real. When it, you'll have a player who wins wins a storyline tournament, and especially if there's somebody who isn't Case Keenaga or Aaron Boyne, like this is the one. They won this big story, and they're really excited about it. And if they happened to win a storyline tournament that isn't a major plot point they can sometimes be disappointed because they, they wanted what they want to be a big deal. But sometimes it works out. Actually, just last night, uh, I, I, came, I came into the, a suite and I met a guy who said, oh, I really wanted to thank you for the, the crane statue story. Not curse, crane, sorry. The, the crab, yeah, yeah, the crab yeah. statue story, right? And which happens to be one of my favorite stories that, I, that I've written. I really enjoyed it. So, but I wrote that. And here is a story that, as far as the overall story of El Favar goes, means nothing. Right? Like, here's a story that doesn't advance any major plot. It doesn't change anyone's standing. There's no war. There's no anything. Um, but I was lucky that people liked it. And this guy was sitting there and goes, I really wanted to thank you for that story. And I said, oh, I'm glad you liked it. And he goes, no, no, no. I won that story. Like, yeah. you know, and, and that was really cool because he was able to go, this is what I won and I really yeah. like it, you know. But sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Well, yeah. there, there's a lot of nostalgia, I think, uh, coming from people's points of view. Well, they'll, they'll point to, like, old story prizes and say, like, oh, well, you see how, how that completely shifted the game. When part of the thing is, up until, up until around Rich Wolf, 
story pre- there were like five storyline tournaments a year, just about. Like there were not many storyline tournaments. Like in, in Imperial, yeah. there was like the Test of the Emerald Champion, and then the Battle of Biden Pass. Yeah, um, and then like um, the um, Hante Sword. Yeah, yeah, and the Hante Sword, and and that. And there were some minor stories storyline tournaments that actually like never appeared anywhere. Like yeah. one where like somebody got an oni in their castle or or yeah. something along those and lines. Rich, under Rich and Sean, a lot of those old things have been cleared out as well, and they're just yeah. Like, yeah. and just quietly cleared out as best we can. But yeah, sometimes well, dated. Well, well, well the, the the big thing is is people will talk about like the level of impact that that mm-hmm. that old stories and how involved the players used to feel in the game. But the truth of the matter is like. There's more player involvement now than oh, there ever than, there, anymore, than yeah, there ever was, far. just because there are so many more storyline tournaments. There's so many ways for non non alpha or, or non like CCG players to to participate than there used to be. The only drawback to that is each individual story will seem Deluded. not not quite as special, yeah. which which is an unfortunate thing. But it, it's it's the cost of of the game becoming much more. Uh, Inclusive. I- inclusive, yeah. yeah. It's funny because so. sometimes you can't even predict it. You know, we, we were just talking, to, uh, Lucas and I were talking the other night, but sometimes you'll get a result back and you'll go, wow, that's really not what we thought was going to happen here. Yeah. What do we do now? Well, one, right. of, one of those results was Emerald Champion Shasura Jimin. Yeah. yeah. And isn't this guy like yeah. one of the best characters going in the game now, as far as I'm concerned? Yeah, well, I yeah. would love you know? yeah. Unless you're a crane who's really, really no, no, but like, yeah. we're talking about the quality of the character. Absolutely. If, if you look at him as the quality of your villain, that's still yeah, the quality yeah, of the character, you know? And this is, this is something I'll tell you. When you sit down and go, who do you think should be Emerald Champion? The Poison Master was not the guy, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, but, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that, that always things should go for the random way. No. Yeah. Because, because there have been plenty of times where, where that happened and it just it, nothing cool came of it. But every once in a while, you can do something very resonant with it. And I think that that's partially in the Dr- scale Robert, of a price. Yeah. Stop, stop. Yeah, you are never it. getting a fiction about AMR yet. We've, we've, we've established that. Uh, well, you think I, I, I'm a ninja? I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's partially on the scale uh, scale of, of, of the like if you win Gen Con and you have an unorthodox yeah. choice we can hammer it into something very interesting because Gen Con story prizes are much bigger if if you're like uh, like a Kote victory where someone's going to be like a hero that saves something or something along those lines and you want to do something wacky that that's not necessarily going to be usually as easy as but, easy for us to put together. But also, you have to uh, motivation matters, and if you don't think motivation comes through, you're just wrong. And I'll tell you, there's a real difference between yeah. somebody sitting down and going, "Oh, I want to pick Huhu for a prize. That'll just be wicked." I want the Huhu to be the head of the Imperial Guard. It's like, <laughs> no, you don't really want Huhu to be the head of the Imperial Guard. Yeah. You're just picking it because it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, in a case like Jimin. It wasn't someone saying, I want a weird emerald... You know? no, 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 no. It was people pushing for a character they liked. Yeah. yeah. Know, for whatever reason, you know, this is... Um, we like this guy. Yeah. We, you know. and, well, and to the extent possible, I try as hard as I can to make a given fiction prize match what, you, what you've asked for. Um, sometimes, I, I don't think we've ever actually had to just say no, but... I'm sure we have. I've had Sean say no to me, so yes. (laughs) I I used to sit at those Kumite tournaments. The Kumite tournaments were for hand to hand martial arts. 
And them saying, I don't want to pick the food lion to fight. Yeah. So, no, you don't yeah. get to do that. Um, like, no, so what, I'm, what I'm referring to, though, is we've, we've got the rule of it's subject to story team approval, and if the pick is rejected outright, we reserve the right to reject the pick outright. Yeah. And, and just... Yeah. I think we still have, like... But I don't think we have to, we've had to use that yet. Right? We've, we've, we've always... Well, well, it's it, a lot of times it's, it's people not not quite meeting the rules. Like, yeah. like uh, we've rejected plenty of picks that were like, I want this guy who is was dead. A, what, was in gold? <laughs> yeah, was dead, dead. or, yeah. or came, appeared in a gold edition set. Like, yeah. appeared in a perfect cut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, he hasn't been in the game for ten years. We're, yeah. it, we want a current card, but we try. Yeah, yeah we, we and, and and believe me when I say that, like. I'm all for people being really into offbeat or yeah. or odd characters. I kind of almost made my name in the game of L5R be, like because of my bizarre obsession with one of the worst personalities Blind in the Fury, game. Man. Blind Fury, man. Blind Fury. So it, it's it, <laughs> it, it's not. Yeah, it, it, it's not that we're gonna reject things out of hand, or we're gonna we're gonna say, oh no, we're gonna let, not let players make choices, anything like that. It's it's we really want to work with the players as much as we can, but we want people to actually be be actively participating and choosing based on their favorites, right? If not the, not based on like, oh, this is a wacky. If the goal choice. is ever to screw up the story, that's unacceptable. Um, yeah. And even people who don't admit that, sometimes that is the goal, to screw up the story. And, and now, the fans, the real fans, they want the story to be cool. And so, hey, we're all with you. Let's let's do that. So, yeah. And Sean and I will be meeting later this weekend to discuss how we can like further revise things to make them smoother, better, whatnot. I have some ideas I want to float by him later, and we'll see how they go. Yeah. Well, Eric, let me ask you guys about something more specific. I mean, we, we've talked about... Jimin, which was an unorthodox Gen Con result that turned out really well. Now, last year, at, for the Gen Con result, we ended up with Spider winning a story that, at least to me, felt like it was very much set up to be something different, but some sort of poignant, tragic result that didn't work at all with that. And I think that there are a decent number of people out here who think that that story didn't work out as well. I mean, what did... What, what, is, well, I, what, what I really mean, happened with that? What was your guys? What, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I to don't, the extent that you can from say, my, from my perspective, I don't know that the story didn't work out. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just a different perspective. But what I will say is, here you have a situation where the story prize was who does the Empress send to eliminate the Horiuchi family, right? This is the story we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah well, that's the story. The guy won with spider goblins. Yeah, and he wanted a goblin, right? He I mean, goblin. so we're looking at here going by the letter of what we said. The empress is going to send goblins to attack. <laughs> well, no, but it was going to be spider, but he wanted this it. We were trying to accommodate that. Where yes. Andrew won Gen Con, yes. and he's a big. Yeah. He's not. He's a non-human fan. He's not a spider. He's a shadow. He's a shadowlands fan. Yeah. So Sean figured out a way to make it work. Yes. Now, does everybody agree that it worked the way they were hoping it would work? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't, you know, I don't talk to everybody, but I, I thought it was pretty inventive the way the way he did it. And, um, and quite frankly, all of that, the actual result was o- a little bit overshadowed by the fact that, well, we just wiped out a family, right? So if you're sitting there and you're the unicorn fans and you're, you don't really care who who does the it? tournament, yeah. you just know that your family got exterminated, you know. Um, I, I have read those comments. I, I frequent the forums. Um, I remember at the time, a significant number of people really liked it, like really liked the fiction, and really liked how we had integrated 
the fact that the deck was not just a spider deck, it was a goblin deck into how the fiction panned out. So on the one hand, I recognize that there is a criticism there. It's not one that's completely without merit or anything like that. I think there are, there's some a, a, a kernel of legitimacy to it. Um, it's, some, it's one of those things where I think Sean and I can structure future Gen Con prizes to avoid that kind of scenario, maybe. At least we're going to float some ideas on that. But there is no way to satisfy everyone as to content in the sense of what happens. Because there are going to be players who have legitimate perspectives that are mutually exclusive. And this isn't a new thing. There yeah. was a time where it was all like, okay, what do we do for Atlantic Wins? Right. You know, because a lot of the story prizes didn't make sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Rattling could have won Emerald Champion. Well, I, I yeah. this is something that <laughs> you know, I think we've talked about. Is there, right. It used to be that, especially Shadow, Shadowlands at least, often got its own little yep. versions. It would be, okay, if Shadowlands wins, then yeah. the second place clan is the Emerald Champion, but it's corrupted yes. somehow. Yeah, yeah. But there seems to have been a deliberate decision made to move away um, from that. One of the criticisms that's uh, been leveled against the old system is so Shadowlands gets extra prizes a lot in that, in that A, there is still um, excessive corruption in index runs with its story risks. Uh, B, if Shadowlands wins, it can corrupt you. And the ultimate problem is too many corruption stories, just like too many death stories, there's no punch. There's no punch, right? And and a a corruption story, and and how many corruption stories is too many corruption stories, is something you... you, I, I I, I think about it a lot because I think there are a variety of answers that are all correct. And players don't agree on what that... Well, magic number is. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I used to tell people, especially before I joined the story team. <laughs> but, but but I'd say like up until around the end of, of Rich's tenure, the basic story arc for L five R story was a redemption story. Yeah. Because almost every L five R story arc, it's not necessarily oh someone gets infected yeah. by the Shadowlands tape, but it's always somebody yeah. fails, they fall, they do something great, then they die. Yeah. Right. Like. Like that happened to that happened Toturi. to Toturi and Hoturi. Yeah, uh, Hitomi. Uh, Hitomi. Like it's it's a huge twice. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a it's a basic L five R arc, and yeah. I think part of what people or what what especially we've been trying to do is 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 move a little bit away from that. Which if if the sh- the Shadowlands is like having an extra little bonus story yeah. where it's like, hey, the, the Main guy gets corrupted. You're corrupting a favorite character yes. of another person, right, yes. or of another player base. Yes. So um, they're going to push to redeem them, yep. which which is trying to not to say it's impossible yeah. to corrupt someone either. Yeah. But at the same time, if there's an expectation of redemption, then the corruption story has no meaning yeah, either. Right. 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 Some characters are going to become corrupted and stay that way. Yeah. I, I think right. Rakai's a, a good example yeah, of that. Yeah. Right. And when that's going to happen, we can't do it that often, or we're really just yanking your chain on your favorite clan characters, right? Um, certain characters are going to be redeemable, and certain ones are not, and to a certain extent, it's actually better for drama purposes to not know in advance which one's which, yeah. because if you know, there's no tension, right? Um, and so it's one of the things where, as a general perspective that I have on the story, is every clan should have Loyalists who go, this is why I like the, your clan, this clan. And people who are detractors going, you know what? 
And there are these specific articulable reasons why I think your clan consists of a bunch of losers who have no business in the empire and contribute nothing and should be destroyed out of hand. Now, you can have legitimate debates about well, how important each of these points is, what the flaw of each clan is, whether it's really that important. And in most cases, the best examples of each clan, in like champions or, or truly exemplary members of each clan, don't really exemplify the flaws of their clan that much, or they do it in a heroic way. I'd be, but, willing, I'd be willing to argue a little bit against that. Yeah, and, and I'm not meaning as an absolute, but in the sense of your archetypes of the clans, I think it's important for the health of the game and the health of the positioning of each clan as having a distinct narrative archetype. You can't have a clan that's all pros can't have a clan that's all flaws. And in, in terms of going back to that original point about tainting and corrupting, if you have this, the situation of being tainted automatically equates to X, then you come very close narratively to having all pro or all con. I, I agree with you entirely, except that my clan, of course, can be all pros, right? No. Okay. Uh, Depends on how good you are at cards, if you want to be all pros, right? Yeah, so we're going to have, like, the Case, Andrew, Greg, Aaron, yeah. Pablo, Clan, right? But, uh, although, I don't, know if, I don't know if you can really say they're a pro L5R player, since, since there's no way to make money. So no, no L5R player or clan can be all pros. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's stop for a second before the audio file gets entirely out of hand sure. and we can pick it up again. Okay. We're back for the second part of the Strange Assembly discussion with half of the story team. The good half. The handsome, the handsome hat. The handsome hat. <laughs> uh, at the end of that first segment, Fred, you had been talking about corruption and redemption. Yeah. And I know before we started recording, you had been talking about Daigatsu, the now Daigatsu Shaiko. Yeah. And so I thought you might want to offer up some more insight into to that. How she character. got carded and so on? Sure. Well, okay. So at one point, Brian Reese said... We need one more undead personality for the next set. We'd like it to be unique. And is there anyone in particular who'd be appropriate, like story-wise? And ideally, you know, we want this person to interact in some way with undead cards and support the undead or breeder theme, depending on how you look at it. So we went through a list of possible candidates. And we're like, Shaiko, died in the Shadowlands, no more. You're really just going by that whole, if you don't see the body... Well, that was, that was the start, right? It's not don't see the body. Died in the Shadowlands, yeah. and yep. the body's left there. Yes. Well, that's bad. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so on that level, that was, she was one of two leading candidates. Dramatizing. <laughs> <laughs> you that because the, the crane are feeling left out they, they couldn't get Domitai killed and now they can't get our zombie um, I, I don't remember actually who the, the other possibility was uh, I think it was just some insane necromancer character we wanted to do but on, on the basis of we wanted to have something to do with uh, Sekuntashime that kept his story going that Shaiko 
died in the Shadowlands, was not properly disposed of, and that it would actually have emotional resonance with the fans. Whereas if it's a new character, there's no real link to Tashime either, unless we uh, make them. So on that level, we, we ended up going with Shaiko, right? Part of it was design needed a new card. There you go. I'm, I'm really on the Dragon Board. I saw this comment on the Dragon Board. I don't know who said it, but it was just great. The guy posted, and he said, "Hey guys, good news! We, there's a new version of Shaco." Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was nice. But it was also, I think, the, one of the first pieces of April's that we previewed in a while. So it was nice to also have April Lee working on um, that piece because I remember. Uh, the art description we sent on was we don't want her to be pretty. At least not, like, straight up. Yeah. And April's not, not, not a Steve Argyle sort yeah. of glamour girl, um, which is saying nothing uh, bad about Steve. Um, it was just we wanted as a contrast someone who has died by violence and came back wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you just wanted to disprove the whole if you're a female who gets Shadowlands, you're automatically well, see, hot. that's the thing, right? Like, um, that was not the first time we've done that because we also had Nancy did it in uh, stories. Yes, and and that was and I asked her specifically. Yeah, I remember. Like that. we want we wanted that, and if you actually go back and reread the tale of Matsu, help me out here. Robin got the shadow. Robin got got it from the Goblin Bay, but it was uh, the one who got corrupted Kenji by the Dark Oracle of Water. Because Kenji was in the story. Uh, yes, Kenji was Kenji, one who killed her, wasn't it? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, Matsu... Satomi? Yes. Yes. Satomi, if you read the description of how Satomi like lives at that point, it's non-stop agony. Every single moment of her existence from the moment she got tainted onwards was pain, grief, and and most of it was just simple things like you have an enhanced sense of touch that you can never turn off, and you're wearing like cloth that's you know Shadowlands cloth, which is obviously going to be top quality. Um, you know you're 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 you know you're asthmatic sort of thing, and the only relief you have is in bursts of violence. And but the character never got carded or drawn. So yeah, part well, of that was, version. There was right, yeah, that version of her never got carded or drawn. So part of it was, to a certain extent, yeah. Just as a reminder, you know what? The shuttle lens is not. A makeover. Is, yeah, it's yeah. not a makeover, yeah. and it's not power up. Yeah. It's it's got downsides, and it's something that ingen- uh, uh, engenders fear for a reason. Well, there's been a, I mean, a noteworthy, at least I think maybe you disagree, change in how the the taint has been portrayed as you went from just the Shadowlands to Daigatsu organing, organizing yeah. the Lost and now to the Shadowlands, the mm-hmm. it, it seems like I mean the taint is no longer it seems a one way ticket to insanity. Uh, and and so I mean has that affected how um I think what we want to look at in terms of the mental effects of the Shadowlands, there's a story arc ongoing. In, in relation to that, and that, why am I blanking on the name? Is that Taishu? Um, n- Taishu, I think we'll be looking at it from a different way. I, I, I have an idea of where I'm going with Taishu. It's actually with um, Benihaz Yojimbo. Hide- or, uh, Hideki. 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 
and where where you're you're constantly questioning, well, is that Tate speaking, or is that just someone who is a little bit obsessive about discharging his duty? So. Part of it is if we're trying to show that Daigotsu has had a transformative effect in terms of how he organizes and administers the forces of the lost, you, it's difficult to tell a story where he's doing that while people are cackling and going all joker on you. Right? It, it's, so to a certain extent, it's, you can only get so much narrative information through in a given amount of fiction space. But there is a bit of a difference in that you're, the individual lost are not necessarily you know, twitchy, twitchy, run off, and so forth. But look at guys like Fosuda. Fosuda is not the most stable individual. And while he's powerful and useful in a fight, the first time there was a serious threat to him, he ditched his allies. Sure. And he didn't give them warning. Like, it's not, uh, it's time to retreat, guys. He was gone. The, and the, other, then, thing, so, yeah. the other thing to remember about is, is, is Spider Clan now, right? Um, Spider Clan is not across the board tainted, and in fact, a lot of the people who are focused on aren't tainted at all. Yeah. And like from a narrative point of view, that allows certain things to happen. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is a lot of times, if you look at Shadowland stories, the when I don't mean Shadowlands as the villain, I mean a Shadowland story. You're just talking about the leaders. And the reason you're just talking about the leaders is because the people underneath them were just... Zerg hordes. Just their their, 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 their peons, their, their minions, you know? They didn't have their own thoughts and their own you know desires. It was just whatever they were told to do. Um, and when you get away from that, there's some, to me, like I'm a, I'm a fan of the spider. Um, I'm a fan of all of them, but... Uh, there's certain characters in there that I, I just think are really cool, and one of the things that makes them cool is their freedom from that. They're still because now you've got people who are evil bastards by their own choice. You know, it's not anyone's forced this or tainted them. There's nothing wrong with the taint. There's nothing wrong with Shadowlands. I'm just saying that there's more. Well, to unless the you're a samurai, the empire. No, but yeah, yeah. but I, I'm just saying there's more to Spider than yes. that. You know, and and to put it another way, a, a normal, well-adjusted human being probably is going to have a difficult time eating food out of Udo's pot. <laughs> when you really stop to think about it, like, without getting into what ingredients he uses, it would probably be unpalatable. There's a great, I don't remember who wrote it, there's Ooh. a great fiction where somebody is, is just like, what's in this? Is it I don't think we're going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, those were Sean and Anson. I don't remember. Uh, most, of the, most of the stuff where, where you get those offhand references to... I didn't notice I was making, right after I made a crack about yes. being the good half of the story team. This is the Canadian half of the story, yeah. <laughs> right? And so that makes it better. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, Lucas might not agree since he's only like got the partially upgraded Canada taint. <laughs> partially I'm, not, upgraded. I'm, not, I'm not lost. <laughs> That's right. I remember the, there was once a <laughs> like a like I forget if it was the actual like Dao Fulang, but. But there was oh, like yeah, a map yeah, of the yeah, Shadowlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the map of Canada. No, it was, it, it was the yeah the uh, the, 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 yeah. the the book that was the yeah. prize from the yeah. the, uh, the tomb of the Seven Thunders. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie probably has. And it. she actually well, she, it's bolted closed. And yeah. But she opened it, and inside the filler pages were 
Canada. <laughs> it's like, that's the coolest thing I have ever heard. So, let's see, that's dinner. That. Uh, any other? Oh, well, I have a... Mike has some annoying specific questions. Uh, okay. Because then you can segue into other stuff because we don't like your question. Yes, yes you can. Okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, Lucas, you weren't on the, the story at the end of time, but Lotus Edition, I wanted to ask about the overall flow of Lotus Edition. As an arc, it seemed to, to drift from theme to thing. It started off with the crane being enlightened, but that didn't seem to go anywhere. And then Hammer and Anvil got set up and then got turned into the Wanderers, and then everything got blown up for the race for the throne. And I was wondering if you guys wanted to comment on what internally had gone on with that or not. Um, was that the time the team was formed? Before my time. So, so literally it was the team that the time No, the team was I, I, I joke about that, but the reality is that was all set when I came in. So, uh, so yeah, it was, yeah. It was, that was around the time... I was writing stories during came, then, but yeah. it was already set. The, the arc was already set. We were just yeah. yeah, so that was the time Sean became lead then, is that right? Because I'm just trying to make sure I'm thinking about the right, right. right time. Well, in there. Like, okay. So that would be the time I became... Yeah. Uh, okay. Those yeah. around the time Angie uh, lost a lot of employees. Yeah, yeah right. So. so I haven't talked to Rich about what his plans were in, in great detail, and, uh, and so it's difficult for me to speak on it, I think the only person who would know would be Sean. Um, I do think, obviously, if you have a switchover of people, writing styles will change, uh, emphases will change, and so forth. Um, I will tell you something about the Enlightenment arc that I feel guilty about, I feel guilty about forever, is, um, well, going back to, to when I joined the team, we went through an like, audition process. And one of the things I had to do was write a fiction. And I, in the fiction I happened to write, I had some dragon monks going to visit Sakawa, Asina Sakawa. And the idea was they were like, you're enlightened, and we want to talk to you because you're enlightened. And that never saw the light of day, but one of the things in... It shouldn't have. I mean, it was out of context and everything, but one of the things I put in this story was they went to Sakawa and said, well, you're enlightened. And he said... I would never say that about myself. I would never say that I was enlightened. Well, later, during the arc, I had Sakawa say that because in my mind, I I always was like, if you're really enlightened, you don't go around saying, ha ha ha, I'm enlightened. Like that, that it doesn't fit my image. No, 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 but later I changed this, and I've had people call themselves enlightened since then because I learned my lesson. And the lesson was, I wrote a story, and in it, Sakawa was like, well, hold on, I'm not saying I'm enlightened. Ooh, what a huge storm came out of that. Suddenly, you had crane players saying, we're being stole, you know, that yeah. was our story, he was supposed to be enlightened, and then you had other people who still to this day go, oh, Sakawa, they claimed he was enlightened, but he wasn't really and I was like, that's not what I said. That's, you know, it's the cow self-describing. It was him saying, yeah, anyway, I just want to say that because that, that caused certain problems in the Enlightenment arc as if we, we backed off yeah. from the prize that it's, Crane got. It's, surprising. That point. it's yeah. surprising how unintentional consequences can crop up. It's something I try to catch, but there's a lot of perspectives out there. And between, you know, Sean... Whoever is the direct writer and myself on a fiction, we usually catch most of the 
unintentional. This could be interpreted multiple ways, things. But, like, with examples like that, it can come up where... So, on the record, Sakawa is enlightened. Period. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned about trying to, to catch unintended consequences. How much is the plotting affected by trying to, I, I guess, counter or control players' negative feelings about what's going on? Like, I mean, you mentioned earlier, Fred, the, the crab with the Yasuki War... <laughs> And I know that there was a lot of complaining early in Samurai, I think, about spiders feeling that their characters were always the mooks who were just getting killed off. And that doesn't seem to happen much anymore. I can speak to that to some extent. Um, on the one hand, I want to acknowledge legitimate feedback when it's given, um, in, in the sense of I, I take it to heart. Um, I, I, I will take most of it hard, even if I necess- even if at the end of the day I don't necessarily agree with it or the suggestions that come of it. But on the one hand, while I want to take feedback, on the other, I do not want to incentivize whining, <laughs> right? Which is and 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 that there is a counterbalance there because if something happens, if if players complain that Jimmy isn't winning enough fights, and four weeks down the line. Jimmy wins a fight. There may be the perception of causation, regardless of whether or not that actually is the case. Having said that, when it's a legitimate point that's been brought to our attention, sometimes we will do a fiction or two where it's like, yeah, this clan needs to have this theme reinforced or needs to have this plot point set up because down the line we want to do X, Y, or Z with them. So... Yeah, sometimes it is to manage bot player perception because we want to showcase an aspect of the clan that's there that hasn't been reinforced. At well, the also, recently. sometimes you, got, you just got to remember, say it a different way. Uh, we may not be doing something because people complained. Yes. However, there are times when people are complaining and we look and go, wow, they're kind of right. Yeah. You know, and that I'm not saying lots of times people just complain because they, they like to complain, you know, and that's that's okay, that's human nature. Um, but I mean, like, say there's a story going and people are like, wow, this is dragging on forever, and we go, yeah, it kind of is. Let's let's move this along, you know. Um, I'm not saying that we're out, but um. so, so I'm not gonna get enlightened mad this part seven anytime soon. Uh, I ignore all complaints, just I don't know what either of these two guys are talking about. My stories are perfect. I, I tend to, if, if I write a story and people complain about it, I, uh, I, I go and I hide in my room, turn off the lights, and cry. <laughs> yeah, just, that's pretty much it. Basically, I, I read most of the clan forums uh, and the AEG forums, and I keep track of the points that are raised. And, like, yeah, sometimes they're, they're absolutely legitimate, and we, we take them down and try to acknowledge them. And sometimes we're just trying to set things up, or sometimes we're just reminding people of, you know, people are afraid of going to war with the lion. Why? Here's why. You know, it's funny, I used to, when I worked in Warlord, a fellow I worked with there, we talked about a different a different perception at that time we had, because I was new to this. I was yeah. brand new to doing this. And I would, I would put up a story, I would read the comments on the story, and it would be like, oh, I loved it, I like this, I love this, I love this. Worst story ever written. <laughs> and then I would look at that and go, oh, man, my story sucked. That, it was terrible. Why was it so bad? And um, 
the other guy was he was talking to, he goes, he had the exact opposite. He could have twenty people tell him how bad it was, and somebody came out and said, "Oh, I liked it." And he said, "Well, that guy's paying attention." You know, <laughs> and the reality, of course, is it has to be somewhere in between. And and one of the things I've learned, especially on L five R, because not digging on Warlord at all, but the fans of L five R care a lot more mm-hmm. about the story and a lot more about the clans, and and that's awesome. But sometimes we'll go in and people will be complaining, and I'll be looking at it going, they're not talking about my story at all. What they're talking about is a decision that was made to do something. And just telling yes. your stories. It just yes. happened to be. I mean, well, I, I, she's not here, but the perfect example is when Nancy wrote Heaven's Net. Yeah. And people were going, oh my God, this is horrible, blah, 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 blah. And we were saying, the story was really good. You know, like as readers. But what the reality was, they didn't like the choice that had been made yep. that she was presenting. She was executing, you know. Yeah. And the reality was, she could have written a Nobel Prize winning best piece of fiction ever, and it didn't matter. The Dragon Players were going to hate it. And I understand why they hate it, and I'm not even complaining that they hate it. There's, it I understand that completely, but that just happens. And when that happens, we have to just kind of go, well, okay, go ahead and yell, because... There's reasons for it, and there are reasons you may not know or may not understand, or you may know and may understand, but that's what had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And personally, I would like to say that Satsu's a way cooler character now, in my opinion, than he ever was then. But He's a better card. But I, that, better card. <laughs> no way. No, no. Given the context, I'd argue this one, like, because no one outside card draw of that nature yeah, for this long. He could kill anybody. Just... And he single-handedly made combo decks that would enlighten it. Don't get me wrong, Satsu is a great card now, but Satsu, like, from his first experience version, like, I almost won Gen Con with his first experience version. Satsu's a beast. He has always been a beast. He was like four five and couldn't attack. Four five could attack, yeah. He was the anti The reason the reason I consider this one that good is because he brings something in this environment that you don't get at that cost level that outside of Dragon. He's also good. He's amazing. I think yeah, now. Right? Um no, I mean, the That's, reality is, if Satsu is really good. version of Satsu in the current environment, people would be yelling that it was broken. <laughs> We're okay with that. The current version see, is a really good, non-broken card. I don't see what, what the problem is with letting me play three Chasing Asano Woes on Satsu without him bowing. That's all I want to say. That's, <laughs> or, or, I mean, why chase why, why, him? You can play dance. Why, why would you dance chase, the flames? Why wouldn't, you, like, why wouldn't Captain why chase someone else to take that problem? It's, it's take the principle of the thing, all right? I want exponential really force. I'm going to get my exponential force somewhere. <laughs> Last one. Play over. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, but anyway, that. Okay. That, so bottom line, Tatsu is a good card. Uh, yeah. Yes. But the bottom line is that he's tracked. When do we listen? When people attractive. complain? Do we change our decisions when people? He's complain? put on weight though. We do so when oh, we think they <laughs> have a point. I'm not that's the point. When we think they are right. Yes. You know. But the thing to be clear is the best way to get things done isn't to complain a lot. Because if that's if it's just complaining, well, we have to tune it out. We have to. Or we just go insane. Yeah. Articulate, well-reasoned comments are, are the most effective ones. And and that's... I know, on the internet, yeah. what? But seriously, those are the ones where I'm going, okay, I can probably extract something like from this that I can use. 
Uh, all I want to say is whenever people comment any sort of criticism on my fictions and it causes some sort of result seemingly in a later fiction, it's entirely coincidence because you can't upgrade or criticize perfection. That's, that's all I really have to say. Actually, Trevor, you mentioned something earlier in the, when you were talking about Shiko. Yeah. Uh, about the design team going to you guys for who we should fit in. Yeah. What is, what, what kind of back and forth is there, or is it just, I guess, one side dictating? As far as, as, far as what, um, yeah, you, like what named personalities and experienced personalities show up in sets? Typically, each set will give them a list of people we want for sure to be included in that set, and normally they can accommodate that, no problem, because we do it at the yeah. point of the set being yeah. uh, before um, Once in a while, the design team takes an idea and just goes, okay, we want to make a card of this, and they just do it on their own. And the best example of that is still Poku Experience. Right? Poku's ex- Poku Experience is an example of design just going, we want to make this card. And it reflects Poku very, very well. What does he do? He steals anything, and then he runs away. With a fear battle, actually. Yeah, like, fear battle, send fear yourself battle home. On that with the, he, yeah, the he scares himself. Yeah. Yeah. But adding, adding new things is their job. Adding yeah. new things yeah. is our job. We work together to add new things. Now, when you talk about altering current things, well, they won't do stuff that's going to... Mm. Im- no, intentionally. They won't yeah. come through and say... Okay, we're gonna give you a new version of I don't know, Miramoto Kai, but from now on we've decided she's a ninja. <laughs> who uh, you know, just whatever. Like they're not gonna do we have a yeah. really good relationship with the yeah. design team. And, um, and but the flip side is if we come to them and say, Okay, what Dragon really needs now is a super ninja that can well they're also gonna tell us that what kind of what, what kind of <laughs> What kind of narcotic are you on? Um, it depends on the situation, right? The more we, we don't make unreasonable requests, and we don't get rejected for for what we ask for. Um, typically, Maybe if you don't. like, if <laughs> <laughs> you want Sanzo to be a comeback, no way. Sanzo's already back, isn't he? I, I got Kozumi yeah. in, in the set, which you can buy today. Yeah, go out and buy like ten boxes because you can get the rare card Kozumi. He was spiritual, yeah. But you won't care. Um, I assume Lucas is holding up a print. Is that the print of Azumi? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Sanzo's son. It's it's by Steve Argyle. It's gorgeous. It is. Look at that. Generally, there'll be stuff like okay. Uh, Typically, typically these go through me. So I'll give a good example. Design might say we have this new guy. He is for personal honor, and it's just you know a, a personality for Clan X. Designed on stat line balance, gold cost balance, you know, some ability, you know, four person honor. And I'll be like, yeah, right now we really don't need a member of this profession being four, say ninja, because that seems to be the topic, right? We don't really want this guy to be a four person honor ninja. And, and design will say, but actually we need this for mechanical reasons. And then we'll be like, okay, what can we do? Make it sometimes you can make it work. Um, sometimes it'll be something like, yeah, but that particular personality is an experienced version of X, and his or her last appearance was, you know, shanking someone from behind, you know... In an honorable fashion. Yes! <laughs> right? In a non-dueling context! And... But that's a perfect example. Yeah. If they really need it... We'll make it work. Well, no, but if they really need it, and it doesn't make sense for a particular 
personality, well, then it becomes a different personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, right? And we'll be like, okay, you can't do it as experience X. Or don't make this a member of, you know, the Battle Maidens, who is also your four-personal honor ninja. <laughs> Because it creates problems for us. But for the for new set for Empire War, which is available here at Gen Con, which is really which is just yeah. But, but it, when it comes out, you can go and buy it. And, and in their design, came to us and said, "What we really need in this set is a Ratlin character that's completely unplayable." And that's what they really wanted. <laughs> yeah, uh, just kidding. Um, Rustic, take in this set. Buy it now. Buy all your copies. I'm gonna Typically, it's not a problem though. Like it, it's more. It's more simply tweaks, or me saying, you know, that character could really benefit from the magistrate keyword. Is it too strong to add it to this card as it is? And sometimes I will say, yeah, it probably is, and I'll be like, okay. Or or the other times we're like, where they'll be saying, we wanted to, we wanted based on playtest data to enhance the card's power anyways. This adding this one keyword makes the card more playable or provides more trait consistency in the deck archetype or makes a card that isn't playable playable because keywords are becoming more important in terms of mechanical consistency. And there's, cer- there's certainly times when, when story will end up tweaking yeah. the ability of a card. Like yeah. not just, oh, the personal honor up or down one. Like yeah. I, I remember one, and I don't think it's out yet off the top of my head, so I'm not going to say what it is, but... There was a card, and they, they sent us the, the version for us to look at, and, and I was like, you know, I've written about this person should be a duelist. Yeah. And they went back and said, well, okay. Right. Well, just dropping the duelist trait a card on an already existing card it is... It's a substantial increase. It's in a substantial increase in the ability, to, uh, the power of the card, but they said, that's fine. Yeah. Um, a good example of a card that uh, we did a significant amount of rework on was Miyako. Her earlier versions. Let me try to remember. Well, she was not aligned. Um, no, Bayushimako is like as an earlier version of the same of the same card. Oh, but Tatori Miyako. I mean, I mean, of the one that's out there. Oh, I understand. That's Um, I think she had Kensai, and I believe the final version does not. Um, we can look it up because, or you might even have one. She's Scorpion Storage there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you can just... And I think she also had slightly different stats. But the stats are less important yeah. than something like Kensai, where, I'm, where I was explaining, based on what we know so far of Miyako, she... She has Kensai. Okay, so she does have Kensai. <laughs> so I'm using the wrong example. Um, so we demanded it be taken it might off, have been and said, shut it up. It might have been the commander <laughs> trait then. She does not have commander. It might have been the commander trait uh, that came off. And it was essentially based on the fact that her portrayal in fictions had been such that it was pretty clearly established in her last appearances that she no longer considered herself fit to lead because of the injury to her throat, among other things. And so that, you know, removing a trait... And now, removing Commander from a scorpion isn't that big a change. Hmm? Rest- He's got a rusty thick card yeah. sitting there, and I was showing yeah. off how awesome okay. it is. Um, even as a beer, and, and of course, now so the, the the person who does not consider herself fit to lead is not running the entire clan. She didn't consider herself fit to lead as a military commander. 
because you can't give orders clearly if you can't give orders clearly. But, um, but, so but she have to do it through fans and so on. But to be clear, in her latest story, yes, she is now currently leading the clan. Yeah. And in there, she makes some decisions yes. that show she is a very capable military leader. Yes. But just being a leader and considering yourself a leader are very different things. So. Yes. Because she's being, yeah. she's got to learn. Otherwise, any any otherwise any clan champion who who is who has the good sense to send skilled courtiers to court would be a courtier. Yeah. And and that you know isn't the case, um, or or any samurai who happens to make one successful political ploy would be a courtier. <laughs> um, and it's not a hard and fast rule, though. I mean, there are going to be some characters who are on the cusp because wherever you draw that threshold, there is going to be someone who's right there on the threshold. So, in, in that case, it's just design's call, based on what mechanical yeah. needs there are. I mean, let's be honest, there, there's straight mechanical stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you have clan personalities with the bushi trait. They're not samurai. Yeah. Well, damn right they're samurai. I mean, like, samurai is a cast. Like, you don't, yeah. they don't get to not be samurai. Yeah. But it just means something a little different the way the, the yeah. mechanics it look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so. It, it, it is a back and forth, and cards do change. I just can't remember what happened with Miyako, but I remember she changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Shigenja trade. She was dragon. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she was, was a dragon, dragon clan. clan. She was bitter <laughs> lies. <laughs> um, no. Dragon clan. Tamor yeah, Miyako, we, we were like, that's <laughs> more, more, uh, yeah. Mo- Monkey clan overpowered her. Well, she was uh, void too, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. she the the immune to rage tax trait was kind of problematic as well. On that, we we, we tried to reveal that when they got married, Paneki had actually taken the to, the Taturi name instead. So <laughs> Taturi Paneki, no. yeah. uh, <laughs> and that both their art was represented with the picture of Matsu Agatoki was kind of <laughs> kind of confusing. But that was more of an art issue there. Yeah, <laughs> well, so we'll have to bring Jim in and ask him about that one. Uh, Okay, now I've, I've avoided asking much about forward-looking things, but I guess sure. these ones kind of are both backward-looking. Will be backward-looking by the time these go up sort of thing? No, 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 no. no. These are... We'll, we'll tell you everything. We'll tell you everything that's going to happen for the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, all the things I... One second, you get more hints. <laughs> there were... Well, I, I, I just looked at... There were, I guess I identified four things that it were sort of... Quite, they were all questions along the lines of, hey, is this going to come up again? The first one was the assassination of uh, Okutsuhime, and that, I mean, she got killed, they investigated it for three days, and she was just such an important figure, and it never seemed to really ever come up in the fiction that anybody was concerned. Mm -hmm. The the big problem is her name was really hard to spell. (laughs) (laughs) So every time we sat down to write something about it, we're like, It's too many keystrokes! (laughs) (laughs) Kiko... Joking aside, you know the year, the five years ago, uh, when they announced, they had had an L5R seminar, and at the seminar they announced the new story team. It was the first time we had a a team instead of a lot of people. And part of that... uh, Part of the um, the seminar is that we read some fictions. Yeah. Right? And um, I got handed... The funny thing is we wrote some fictions, and then we didn't read our own. We read other people's. I don't know why. But <laughs> Initiation. So, so yeah. I was I was handed this fiction, and I looked down, and I'm like, Hokutahime. And that's me saying it now. Yeah. When I read it then, I was like, 
I have no idea yeah, how to yeah. say this. Like, it was... <laughs> more, more, getting away from the difficulty of spelling and pronouncing names, uh, I would expect that it is unlikely that, the mis- that that will be solved on screen. But I, I would leave open the possibility, although it's not likely we'll get a chance to do it anytime soon, if at all, of having the fact that they didn't solve it be an issue. Okay. Uh, I guess this is kind of a similar question. The night of the assassins, I got to organize the mass murder of a whole bunch of important people. Yeah, them kids. And they, yeah, yeah, and we haven't seen. We, we, I, I, after those immediate, like, except the very immediate aftermath, there, there didn't seem to be much concern expressed about that. And I didn't know if that was something that was ever going to get. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. Um, and we talk about how a tournament can change the way things work. Well, the first mega game is a tournament on a grand scale, right? Yes. Um, if you go back and read what Spider was doing for the entire Race for the Throne and all the lead up into there, um, every single thing that we were aiming towards at that moment was completely wiped out <laughs> by, by the end of the race where they're like, oh, Spider's going to be banished. And it's like, that's not where we were going with this. No. So yeah. all of a sudden, but but the net result is some of the things Daigatsu does right after that, some people don't necessarily grasp what was going on completely. Um, and in that, like, the first thing that happened after that, the Empress is named... They go back and tell Daigatsu, hey, we're really screwed here. And he goes, the hell with all this, burn down the castle and burn down the cinnamon forest, right? And some people are like, wow, he's being so petty. And what I was trying to understand is, no, what he was was pissed off because everything, the way I, what, what I tried to do was channel in exactly the way we were thinking, as in, all, everything yeah. everything we built up was completely wiped out. So he did the same thing. So some of the things that he has long-term plans now, but you could argue there was a window there where it was adjusting. like Or, or surviving. What are we going to do now? Because everything we were doing, it doesn't work anymore. You know? um, not if that answers the question, but you know, I like to talk. Okay. Uh, annoying, annoying, hanging thing number three. Mantis support of Chagatai. Uh, I know that. This, I mean, this must still be out there to some extent because uh, whoever I don't know if it was Fred or whoever was in sign of in charge of assigning the clan goals for Winter Court Two gave goals to the Lion and the Mantis about you know the the fact that there never really were any consequences for the Mantis for supporting Chagatai for the throne. Is that? Ever going to come up again, or is that just get wiped under the empress's? Um, okay, okay, we're done with all this. No, because one of the things is even if we don't use it as an active plot, if characters have background stories that cause, like future characters may have, you know, yeah, my grandmother, you know, held the line against Chagatai's march, there's bad blood between us. <laughs> and and that, that's, that, that's not even going back to it. It's just acknowledging that L5R is 15 years old as a real-life property, and in-universe is far longer than that, and the characters are supposed to bear grudges for hundreds of years if necessary. 
Yeah. You, you'll see that uh, one character that Fred and I have, have worked on together was uh, uh, the current Tamora Daimyo, uh, Shimura, who uh, his backstory is basically that he, he's an orphan as a result of the Dragon Phoenix War. And even though his adoptive parents are Shaitong and, and Nakamura, yeah. like they're, they're together and they're, they're the shining example of the Dragon and the Phoenix putting their... Their, their issues aside, he's still kind of mad about it. He's got a lot of rage tokens that he's building up. He, he doesn't know what I did with Shimmera at Winter Court, does he? he well, no, he doesn't. But He doesn't want but, it. And, and, and I've, I do now have a Winter Court summary, and some of the issues that are coming up for me are like, oh, well now, how will we do this? And it's something... Just so you you're, you're free to ignore my Just understand. tell him. Okay, do you, do you want the short version or the long version? Let's make it short, because my wife's wondering where I am. So, oh, uh, Shimura end up, ended up engaged to a phoenix and got the phoenix to let the dragon have a uh, tensai school. Okay. <laughs> wow, that is, imp- that is an impressive thing to pull off. Well, my, my, my objective, my, my, really my assigned objective yeah. with Shimura was to get the phoenix to... Uh, was to get back whatever secrets the dragon had lost sure. when the Agasha left, yep. and that was very quickly accomplished because the phoenix, well, the phoenix went out of their way to be nice, yep. and they were not nobody. Nobody gave me any kind of reason to be ticked at them. The one phoenix yes. that would have assiduously avoided uh, ever the, talking right. to to Shimura, even yep. when I was trying to come like, on, come, and, get the dragon. yeah, uh, and, it's still really impressive. And so, and so, I I came up with this. What I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make some request that is so over the top that it could never happen because I've already got my my clan yeah. goal achieved. We had this, we had a, a basic treaty. So I had Chimra propose a, a treaty where uh, they would, when their dragon were supposed to spread the Katsuki method. I'm like, okay, so we've got the followers of the method. There's no way that Tamori can produce enough of those to serve the entire empire. So. We'll teach the Asawa to do that. The Asawa will teach the Tamori to have an Earth Tensai school. I'll marry one of the Asawa. I'm blanking on the, the sure. one who... And uh, you make me the next Master of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Wow. Wow. I remember, uh, yeah, I, I made that I was uh, a, a Chai's player, I guess, yeah. was, was in a good mood and didn't yeah. have her incinerate Shimura or anything. Oh, but wow. to be blunt, um, I think four words could sum that up. Don't hold your breath. Oh, yeah. no, 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 that treaty didn't happen. Oh, yeah. no, I, was, I, I was not, I, when I was playing it, I did not, I was not yeah. within the mute of, oh, let's, let's, do, let's do something yeah. to the story team yeah. do. Well, they, they said, oh, sure you can if yeah. you swear fealty to the Asawa. Yeah. And Shimura said no. Uh, and he, I, I wasn't sure, I was deciding whether or not to have him Make sure he wiggled out of the uh, the engagement part. Yeah. But the lion had some of the lion players had kind of been ponces uh, throughout the duration, <laughs> and they were trying to force the that same Phoenix Shugenja to marry one of the lion. And so I decided that that pissed um, him off. You know, it's funny. It got him all jealous or something. So I'm like, yeah. okay, we can go ahead with it. It's one of the problems. Well, a problem is too big a statement, but one of the one of the problems with Winter Court, or that style thing, is that all the players, I mean, not a problem in the game, the game's great, Yeah. but I mean, the idea, and you're not saying this, but the idea of, of taking that and making it canon, is that the players 
all seem to want to work things out. Yeah. yeah. In real life, that's awesome. Yeah. Right? We want to make treaties. We want to marry, you know, because it's fun. It's fun yeah. stuff. But the reality is, if, and again, you're not saying this, but some people want us to make more canon than we do. If we were to take Winter Court and make it canon, well, the next year, hey, nothing happens now because yeah. everyone's <laughs> We get to write a whole bunch of wedding things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's a bunch of weddings. There's a bunch of treaties. I know there, there was, at, at the end, there, there, well, there was the big, long, annoying Katsuki debate thing that went on. Oh, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I honestly, I, I had Shimura leave that because I, as a person, was not going to, to deal with the same lion player. Uh, to, to put it more I, generally, I do have a, a Winter Court 2 document from the GMs. And we'll start going, th- and we're going through it, trying to pick out what we can canonize from my own notes, from the notes of the other story team members who are really involved in it, and what works. And we have. Yeah. When, when, yeah. when did the Empress's wedding fiction? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just to be clear to the poor, poor listeners who just basically had to listen to me talk about my RPG character. <laughs> uh, that never I, 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 Well, I don't. Is, does anybody ever really want to listen to somebody else talk about their RPG character? It's Gen Con. You can't go ten feet without somebody wanting <laughs> to talk about that. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Oh, and to you guys, I, I don't have any demand or expectation That's that fine. anything becomes. Yeah, canon. yeah, no, it, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. I, I, yeah. So you are as nothing to it. Though you know, it's kind it's of good. funny that 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 sometimes, sometimes people. Would, this big thing happened. Yeah. And you'll find that some of the stuff that ends up being canon, it's not because it's a big thing. It's because it's convenient. Yeah. Like, there there was... It during, works during, during Winter Court, I had to write a story, and I wanted to write a story that involved a treaty for different reasons. So it's like, well, let's go in and see what's happened. And I found a treaty that was made between Unicorn and Phoenix... I think that's right. And I'm like, okay, this is not yeah. canon. Yeah. And, you know, the people who did that were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, well, good. I'm glad you're happy. But yeah. it's not because I, you were awesome. You were nothing against them. I picked it because it was right for what we needed. Right. So, so whether it fits into the ongoing narrative and the universe as a whole yeah. is important because I, I think players are a little bit more forgiving than the characters would be. Oh, yeah. And that can be a problem when it's like, 2,200 years of non-stop feuding. We'll just get married. Uh, the, ones, the ones I laugh at are like, do you agree to open up your clan's deepest secrets to this neighboring land? <laughs> yes. Why yes. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's difficult, not impossible. It's just, it, it takes more thought in terms of whether we want to take the story there and whether it works or whether, and whether it distracts from other things we want to do. So, was that all four? I think you had one. I had one more, which was... Let's do that, and I, it's just at six, right? And yeah. yeah. We have to do the dinner tonight. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah, we want to ask this, and then we'll be done. Ah, uh, we'll ask it. Okay. <laughs> well, it was, it, was, it, was, it was Kyoso. Sure. It, Death and Coden got delayed, and when it finally came out, and the whole Kyoso that came out, it seemed like Sean posted something that made it seem like he was a little bit excited that this finally got revealed, and he could actually yes. discuss what was going on with yes. Kyoso, but then we've never seen... Yes. Kyoso that is an interesting and legitimate Kyoso. question that we are not answering at this time. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Then now that I've asked you, were there any annoying yeah. questions you wanted to, to tell us or the players wanted? I have a question for Lucas. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're, we're, in we're that story, um, no. depending on, like, yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, that's it.
That's it for the first of our two interview episodes. The next interview is with the lead designer and lead developer of the L5R CCG, Brian Reese and Mark Wooten. You'll get to hear those in episode seven. Episode six will be a more normal episode. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes or through our XML feed on strangeassembly.com. While you're there, you can check out the Strange Assembly forums. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes. You can also contact me at chris at strangeassembly.com or the podcast generally at strangeassembly at gmail.com. Until then, see you, Space Cowboy.